Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I would encourage you, first of all, to go to weei.com for Paul Flannery's take on it. Some excellent articles. Um... From Paul Flannery, great coverage on this, giving you some insight on uh, Ray Allen and some things that have gone on. Also on WEEI.com, uh, Adrian Orjanowski appeared on the Mutton Maloney show last Tuesday to discuss the NBA. And it's interesting to go back and hear that in light of his column and his uh, thoughts after the fact, after Ray Allen signed with Miami and some insight into it. And to get a Another national perspective, yet with a local twist. Let's bring in our good buddy Ian Thompson from SI.com. I'm Butch Stearns here until 4 o'clock. Ian, how are you, my friend? Hey, good, Butch. How are you doing? How are you doing? Are you inside, not outside, enjoying this day so far? I'm in Vegas, actually, of all places. <laughs> the, Olympic, the Olympic team, they just pulled the yeah. together last night. Yeah, so I'm staying inside as much as I can. It's like 110 out there. The price to pay for a you know big time national reporter. There's you. That's what happens, right, Ian? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Ray Allen. Why did this happen? Why did he leave? I mean, I'm sure you're got your own opinions and you've read everybody what they said. But but if you had to sum it up, why is Ray Allen a member of the Miami Heat today? I I really think a big deal. I mean, everybody knows that you know. Um, He's had issues with Rondo, but I, I think a big deal is the last three years he's heard uh, his name in trade rumors, uh, especially at the trade deadline. And uh, last year they told him he was traded, and then he wasn't. He's being traded to Memphis, of all places. And uh, um, I, I just think that's a tough thing. Now, is the grass going to be greener? Um, is he going to get as many shots in uh, Miami as he did in Boston? I think they will mean to do so. They, I'm sure they told him, look, we're going to feature you. They, they gave him the big recruiting push when he went there. But I think it's a real tough thing to get the timing down with the way Ray plays, and you have to be really committed to it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I don't see Miami's offense being that structured. Uh, the way the way uh, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade play, they control the ball a lot. They they play uh, off the feel of the game. They read the game. Uh, and uh, talking to Shane Battier during the playoffs, he told me how difficult it was for him to spot up for threes around those guys because he was used to a traditional post offense and you could you could go to your spots and know where you were going to be. But when you're playing with uh, LeBron and Wade. They're always on the move, and therefore you always have to be on the move, and you never know where you're going to have to be in order to space the floor around them because the ball's always moving through them. So, so, I, so while there'll be, be an very interesting thing, yeah. So while there'll be an adjustment period for Ray, um, and assuming his health is going to be good, and that it, you know, as he said, there's a lot left in these legs. While there'll be an adjustment period, it, he should be a good fit there offensively, though, with a couple of guys that demand more attention than probably any two guys that he played with on the Celtics. For periods of time, he, in other words, he should get good looks and more open shots, and eventually fit into that system, shouldn't he? Well, I think he's good for them because uh, Doc pointed this out for years that even when Ray was hurting, just to get him on the floor, space the floor, because the defense had to pay right. attention to him, and that made it easy. 
so it's good for LeBron and Wade and Chris Bosh. But my point is, is it, is it, how great is it going to be for Ray? And how many shots is he actually going to get? And if you look last year for Miami during the regular season, mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at it right now, LeBron averaged 19 shots a game during the regular season, Wade 17, Bosh 14. And then the fourth guy was Mario Chalmers at 7.8 and all the way down. I mean, how many shots are there? in the game, and, and are they going to run a structured offense that's going to make sure that when Ray's made his cuts around the, the, the screen and then the second screen and he's running baseline, he's curling around back out to the top, is the ball going to be waiting for him? For him? Uh, how, how often is he going to get it? They're going to love him in transition. That's, that's an easy thing, but I'm talking about in the half court. That's where he's really made his money, made his difference. Well, and it's interesting because it seems to me you're painting a picture that the Heat – if if Ray Allen is going to be a significant part of another championship there, the Heat probably need to do what the Celtics did when Garnett, Pierce, and Allen came together, is understand that, you know, if the championship is the main goal, check your egos at the door, and more importantly, structure an offense where Ray's going to get his dozen shots a game. If that means two or three less shots for LeBron and Wade, so be it. But But that's easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah, because it's not it's not about checking your egos at the door. It's not it's about actually committing to a structure. Right. And honestly, they're at their best when they're not structured. Right. It's when they're at their best and the ball's moving and LeBron is one of the great playmakers in the game. Uh, he's the best uh, combination of passer and scorer that you know we've seen in the modern game since Larry Bird, and uh, and so. That's when they play their best. But Ray's at his best playing out of the structure. And when they went to these random sets, he wouldn't get the ball in Boston. That's They would complain about that. He, he had every right to. And Doc would say, after so many games, we were in random too often. We didn't run enough of our stuff. He, how many times do we hear him say that? That's that's code for we weren't getting the ball to Ray enough. Right. And, and so I, I don't know. It's just going to be a real interesting thing. Um, to see how it works out. I'm not saying it isn't going to work out, but it's going to be something they're going to have to deal with. So I don't want to take too much of your time, Ian. A couple last things. Are the Celtics better off without the Ray Allen from 2011 with Avery Bradley seemingly, health being equal, taking his place, being more athletic? He's not the jump shooter he is, but he brings a whole different skill set to the Celtics. Are they better off with Avery Bradley over Ray Allen in the starting lineup? No. Really? Ray's, Ray, oh, yeah. No, Ray, the healthy Ray is better. The unhealthy Ray over the last year, over the last half of the year, you know, he was a defensive liability. He couldn't guard anybody. Uh, right. But, but Ray was not, uh, he was not a bad defender and is uh, one of the great shooters ever. And when you needed to win a big game, would you rather have Avery Bradley on the floor or Ray Allen? And I'm telling you, like, if you're a fan of the Celtics and it's the last four minutes of a tight playoff game that the Celtics absolutely have to win and it's, it's a matter of who's going to come up with a big basket, you can ask every fan in that arena, who would you rather have on the court right now? Who's going to make that big play for you? And they're not going to be saying it's Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. They're not. Interesting. So, uh, uh, that's what the Celtics are about, and they're better off with Ray. Well, you bring us back to the debate. Remember when the first when they first came together in '07 about Allen and Pierce? How are they going to coexist? Who's going to take the last shot? And if I remember correctly, in the first 20 games, there was actually a I think a, a road trip where it manifested itself very quickly, and Ray hit a game winner in Toronto, and then Pierce hit a game winner like two days later, and, and the discussion was over. It was like, well, now we got two guys to take the big shot. 
Right, and in Miami, actually, that's always been the problem, hasn't it? Who's going to take right. the shot? And now, now Ray is actually the the guy that should be taking a lot of them. Uh, Interesting. And and there, there's going to be no criticism of LeBron, who's faced a lot of criticism for passing up big shots. It's going to be absolutely zero if he passes up a big shot to feed Ray Allen. So let me go back to your original point about the trade rumors and how they bothered Ray. Uh, he's human, but but uh, let me play devil's advocate here. Why? This is a guy that's been in the league for 16 years, knows it better than anybody, is a class act. I mean, could his ego just not accept the business part of it? I mean, didn't he understand that Danny would shop him around? and Or, or did he look at Pierce and Garnett and say, well, why not them? Why is it me when it comes to this part of it? You know, I, I don't think like when he made this decision to leave that it has anything to do with uh, punishing them or, or getting back at them. But I think it has to do with trust. And uh, understand, you know, when when they're coming to him now and telling him how important you are to our team, right? And we really need you. And don't go to Miami. We really we're really going to do things for you. You're going to be so important. And the, it was all true because he is so important to them. But he has to be thinking to himself, really, well, how important was I when you wanted to give me up for OJ Mayo right. and the number one pick, and you told me that you'd done it, and I was going to have to play in Memphis and watch you guys try to win a championship without me. I think it's not about, like, punishing or retribution or any of that stuff or, you know, he has it out for them. I don't think it's any of that. But I think it's just you have to take it all when when the Celtics are coming to him, uh, making these offers uh, to try to resign him. He's taking it with a grain of salt because he remembers the other side of it. Yeah, you know, I, I helped to win the championship. We almost won another. But I was going to spend the rest of the year in Memphis last year. And, uh, you know, I didn't really like that idea very much. So, Ian, final uh, comment about Ray and his legacy in Boston. I I felt compelled yesterday morning when I got up and had the news to write a brief blog, and I I thought about it in this regard. There have been a lot of legendary big-name athletes that have come here late in their careers in Boston, but Ray is kind of unique. Few that have done what he's done to help deliver a championship. Now, I think we all agree that the championship isn't won without Garnett, but let's not diminish what Ray did to – help put banner number 17 and when i say legendary athletes you know better than most you know pete maravich came to town dave bing came to town uh, andre dawson uh, orlando cepeda i mean randy moss none of them delivered championships kurt schilling did ray allen did so when i look at his legacy i think he needs to get some credit for his part in delivering a championship considering the legendary status he had before he got here because that's an exception not a rule uh that happens in a lot of towns they they never uh, get anything done without Ray Allen. Uh, they don't win the championship, but by trading for him, they got Garnett. So if they had not made the trade for Ray Allen in the first place, if he had not been the great player that he was coming to Boston, then Garnett doesn't get talked into coming to Boston. Mm. Remember, he didn't want to come at first. He thought the team had no future. Mm. And then they traded for Ray, and that, that changed everything for him, just having Ray Allen there. They don't. They don't win it, and uh, you know. Uh, I, I think that stands on its own. Now, the difference for him going forward, how is he going to be remembered as a Celtic? And I think this is going to be important for him personally, uh, as somebody that that you know sees himself as a New Englander. How is he going to be remembered going forward? And I think it's important for him to make sure that he doesn't um, uh, that that people remember the the five years that he had. 
as opposed to that, that he left to go to Miami because I, they were they were a great five years and they set a new modern standard for a franchise that really was lost for 20 years. The Celtics had meant nothing and they betrayed their own legacy and Ray did a lot to help them bring it back up again. And now they know who they are again as a franchise and Ray has a lot to do with these. One of the founding fathers of this new era they have, but um, I think it's going to be important for him to try to remind people of what he did and think of him as the guy wearing the Celtics uniform, not the guy that traded in for the Miami uniform. All right, here's the final, and this is a classic sports radio question, and I got four hours to talk about it. Steve Buckley raised it this morning. The boo or cheer when he comes back in a Miami uniform. I think you and I would both agree what should happen and what will happen might be two different things. I think he should be cheered, obviously, for what you just said, his legacy in Boston. But this, while this isn't the New York Yankees and Johnny Damon, this is the Celtics' bitter rival right now that have just won a championship. So will he be cheered, or do you think will he be booed when he steps foot on the garden floor? You know, you'll hear a little bit of cheering, but he's definitely going to be booed. Uh, <laughs> absolutely he's going to be booed. And this is a team that, that um, you know, people love to hate, and, and the Celtics are still going to be trying to beat them. And, and you know he's going to be booed because uh, – um, Paul Pierce loves to stick it to them on Twitter and make comments when he makes a big shot and all that. And and uh, Rondo and Garnett um, uh, didn't uh, even stay on the court to uh, congratulate Miami at the end of the conference finals. That shows the, the the real the sincerity of feeling between the two teams. And uh, and uh, you know, and Doc's comments yesterday and and another stuff we're reading is clearly. Uh, uh, a bit of a um, uh, bad feeling there hmm. Ray, about it. And I, I think all of that, it, it's going to be, that's, that's what makes the Celtics special. You know, other, in a lot of other NBA cities, it's about the player. And with the Celtics, it's about the uniform. It's about the, the team. So, uh, you know, in, in, other, in other NBA cities, um, fans are fans of the player. And when the player leaves, they don't know what to do. But in Boston, the fans are fans of the team. And so Ray's going to be a member of the enemy team now, and he's going to be booed. There's no doubt about it. And if he – you know, I'll put it to you like this, Butch. When LeBron left Cleveland, mm-hmm. he had no idea. He truly – he had no idea that he was going to be hated the way. He, mm-hmm. he thought, he thought you know, they'd get over it real quick and he'd be able to go back there and they'd appreciate everything. He, no, he had no idea. And uh, the same thing, uh, I think – is going to happen to Ray a little bit. He's, he's definitely going to be the enemy now. He is Ian Thompson of SI.com. You can find him on Twitter at SI underscore Ian, I-A-N, Thompson, T-H-O-M-S-E-N. Um, you can find all of his columns there. He's in Las Vegas right now. Uh, I'm reading your column here in the break about the Dream Team uh, that's come together, the new one, and the Olympics that just came out Saturday. Uh, pretty interesting now, give us a quick comment about what you're covering this weekend, considering Dwight Howard, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade are not there, and the news that Blake Griffin and others have been added to this team. Should we give, give me give us a reason to care about this team, Ian? You know, there's a lot of talk. It's the last one we'll see in the Olympics, and after this Olympics, they're going to go to a 23 and under um, uh, format, like they have in soccer at the Olympics. It's not a sure thing, but it, it's definitely up for consideration, and so this will be. The last one we see, you know, it's the last time you'll see all the great players on one team together, uh, at least in Olympics. Maybe they'll do it in the World Championships. And then the other thing is I think this is going to be a real uh, interesting team 
They've only got one true center. It's Tyson Chandler. LeBron's going to be playing some center. Blake Griffin is going to be uh, exclusively a center. And they're going to be like this real kind of athletic, almost Miami Heat kind of style where, where they create pressure all over the floor and they're, they, they play fluidly. They try to in the open court. And I know when I say, okay, they're like Miami, then nobody in Boston's going to want to watch it. But, <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's how they're going to be. And I, I think, I think, uh, they may they may face one or two close games in the Olympics, but they're they're almost surely going to win the gold medal. Well, if you're right, uh, and you usually are, about uh, this being one of the last dream teams to have LeBron, Carmelo, Durant, Kobe, Chris Paul, Griffin to have them all playing together, uh, it's interesting to see because the dream team concept either works wonderfully or it fails miserably when you get yeah. a bunch of all stars together. No, exactly. It's. Uh, yeah, and it all depends on uh, the makeup and what they're trying to accomplish. And to me, that that's the real cool story about what's happened. When yeah. Jerry Colangelo took us over a few years ago, uh, it was in it was in ruins. The whole idea it was all about selfishness and building up the personal brands of the players and all that stuff. And and now these guys uh, are committed always uh, to playing team basketball in spite of their stardom, in spite of their celebrity. So um, uh, I think. That's a cool thing. I mean, this is the third straight Olympics now for LeBron and Carmelo. Uh, and two guys that for much of their careers have had terrible reputations and have been thought of as selfish guys and all the rest of it. But they don't get any money for this and uh, it takes up their summers and all the rest of that. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. Ian, thanks for your time. Out in Las Vegas, Ian Thompson of SI.com covering the uh, U.S. men's Olympic basketball uh, team and what's going on there, offering some insight into Ray Allen. Ian, thanks. Hey, thanks, Butch. Okay, uh, Ian Thompson of SI.com. Nice job, Stevie, uh, getting Ian on. Uh, give us some insight into Ray Allen. Time for us to take a break. When we come back, your phone calls, your thoughts, 617-779-0850. Ray Allen, a member of the Miami Heat. How do you feel about that? Will he be cheered or booed? Should he be cheered or booed? 888-525-0850. How about the Celtics roster currently and how this team will be without Ray Allen? And while you might want to look at the 2011 Ray Allen, say, well, he couldn't run, he couldn't defend, they'll be better off without him. I, you can bring that perspective. I understand it. But remember the healthy Ray Allen and a guy that despite his age on his birth certificate can still shoot with the best shooters in the history of the league and is now on your arch rival. Are they better with Avery Bradley than Ray Allen getting significant minutes? Are they better with Jason Terry in the sixth man role than with Ray Allen added to that situation? Pound WEEI if you have a Verizon cell phone. Again, it's Jay Corwin with your sports flashes. It's Stevie Pisano taking your phone call. Texts, they're flying in at 850-850. Oh, yeah, and there's a Red Sox-Yankees series wrapping up today, too. Are they, are they playing? What, what, what did I miss this weekend? Anything go on over there? Your phone calls and more are next here on WEI. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 